0: of earth beautiful people living on this blue blob in outer space we're just specks of dust when you all think about it just flotsam floating in the ocean and when we really think about it are we really any more than the vessels that carry our spirit throughout the sky and the universe and the ground and the grass and the trees hello this is the pod cast your favorite podcast about new metal uh where me myself i'm john cullen uh and uh, my me and my co-host we go through a classic new metal album and I always like to do the intro inspired by the album and you'll see how that intro was inspired by the album once we get to it but I would like to introduce my co-host first uh he is a man who needs no introduction but I will give him one all the same he is a man that sometimes when he gets sick he turns a certain shade of green it's Brian Quinby
1: Hey, I hated that opening. I really Thank did.
0: Thank you. I hated the people of earth stuff. Very yeah, much. You know that that's like how Brandon Boyd would say it. You took the one thing I don't like about Incubus and really fucking drove it <laughs> home. You know, but I think it's important that people know, like, you know, they got to know the truth. I think it's true. We do live on a big green blob, I think yeah. is what you said. I don't blue, know. Blue blob. I mean, yeah, I'm not a very poetic guy. And that's okay, you know, and neither is Brandon Boyd, but it didn't stop him from trying. And I think that's the important thing. Uh, This is episode eight of the POD cast. And as you may have guessed by our uh, our chatter so far, we are reviewing the Incubus album Science. uh, And it's important to note there's a period in between each of those uh, letters. So I don't know if we're supposed to pronounce it S-C-I-E-N-C-E uh but that is the album that we are reviewing today it is incubus's second album and their first on a major label we'll get more into the album history soon uh but that's that's what we listened to and uh we do have to say brandon boyd uh he had a lot of thoughts at this time he did he did very lucky that we
1: i i just want to thank the listeners first uh for my victory in the poll um (laughs) seven dust was handily defeated which was going to make me miserable for two days (laughs) um and then pod made me miserable so this when i started it automatically
0: expecting to be miserable was not miserable at all yeah, it's not miserable. This is a good uh I think this album really surprised me in that like I've been an Incubus fan for a long time. I've listened to this album a ton of times. I really like it. But I think it's been a while since I've listened to it cover to cover and I was like kind of surprised at like how much it slaps. Like it's a real it's like a really good album from top to bottom. It's it's crazy how good it is. Yeah,
1: I think this is one of those ones that's like this is like a white pony level thing as in like oh like I can listen. To, I. I mean. I. You know. We haven't reviewed White Pony, but this is one that like I listened to and didn't. I don't know. I didn't. I, I. The lyrics
0: suck. But like, the lyrics I, are really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into that. But yeah, it's like oh my God, I read like Becca and it's obviously, you know, I mean, Incubus is one of those bands, like everybody knows who they are. They had enough big singles and enough big presence in the early two thousands that I don't think there's anyone who wouldn't know who Incubus are, but like, I do think there are lots of people who don't know anything about this album. And I was like reading Becca, some of the, my girlfriend, Becca, some of the lyrics today. And she was just like, what like what are you even talking about it's uncomfortable yeah and I think he kind of gets away with it because a lot of the worst lyrics on the album he's talking quite fast so I think you kind of like he's kind of doing that sort of rap sing thing so I think maybe you don't really realize like how like just how bad the lyrics are because he's just kind of walking his way through them but yeah when you like actually sit down with the lyric sheet you're like holy shit well, the thing about
1: me is that I don't ever forget lyrics to a song once I've heard it, you know? And like, you know, I listened to this album 2 million jillion times back in. The late '90s, early 2000s. So I know every word. I'm a completely different human than I was at that time. So I'm I'm like singing along with, it. and I'm like, "Oof, buddy!" Yeesh. <laughs> 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 There's a few times where I'm just like, I, like the funny thing about it is, is like I used to write like what I guess were new metal songs, like for myself, right. Well, you know, thinking I was going to be in a big fucking band, I probably had fucking five hundred songs written
0: and never once sang. Well, I sang twice. I've I've said that. I've said, yeah. I, I was in a band. You, I did two you shows. Wrote the songs. You're talking lyrics, like no instrumentation. Just like the the that if you had a song, these could be the lyrics of the song.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think I could put my lyrics next to these lyrics, and. Uh, be the same amount of deep to tell you the truth.
0: <laughs> you know, people will be <laughs> like, like, damn, as a, as a puddle, really, there's not a lot. Uh, there's not a lot of substance. Like, the thing is, the thing that I don't really love about the lyrics is that, like, obviously, there were a lot of bands that sung lyrics that didn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, Deftones, I mean, that, you know, that's a band that has lyrics in a lot of their songs that maybe don't make a ton of sense in the new metal genre. And then there's a lot like we've talked about Bush on the show before. I mean, that was a band where, you know, clearly it was just kind of sentences strung together that kind of sounded cool. But I think in a lot of cases, those types of bands, when I think about them, like at least there was a mood, you know, there was like kind of something that they were going for. And there was a sort of like poetic quality uh, to a lot of those. You can make the same case about Radiohead too. Like the, the lyrics maybe aren't, Um, they're, they're abstract, but they're not, you know, there's a mood to them. Whereas like with these incubus lyrics, it's like, he's trying to like make a statement. Like it's very like smart, dumb guy statements that he's like trying to make in this. in in the songs where it's very much like, this is what I think earth might be about. (laughs) Well, I think, I think like the thing
1: that hurts them the most is that like, they do make sense. Like I can make sense of what he's talking about. Right. And, And that's different from like the songs that don't make sense. It's like, well, I, you know, I can take this song and I can make it whatever I want it to be. You know, this song, this Deftone song is about, you know basically at the time it was like girls this is about how like girls are mean
0: you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> like, that's what yeah. i thought everything was about i mean that's what most songs were about you'd be listening to them in the car and being like oh i really don't like i don't know how i feel about this girl like it's pretty tough <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> but uh, this girl that isn't attracted to me at all uh she's very
0: mean for not being
1: attracted <laughs> to, <laughs>
0: yeah, to exactly. me I just happen to notice that she's perfect in every way, and her only flaw is that she does not like me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would, I, this this girl is avoiding me because, or th- this girl, she doesn't, she won't like reciprocate my love of her even though i've never told her anything and i
0: kind of hide when she walks in the room i've spoken to her twice how does she not know i love her she's this is crazy i yeah. used to have this i used to have this move
1: back when i was in like ninth grade eighth grade where like i get like a real crush on a girl and i would just kind of always be there you know what i mean
0: oh, like, yes, yes. <laughs> oh man i this is a very funny story i I had kind of one of those moments in my life. So there was this girl in high school and I was, um, I was taking, I took a class, a a grade above me and, uh, just like just history. It wasn't like a crazy class or anything, but I took a class like a year above me and there was this girl in the class And I had a massive crush on her. Like, I just thought she was so hot and like so out of my league. Like, I was such a nerdy, like awkward kid and I couldn't talk to anybody, whatever. So, I just, same kind of thing as you, I pined from afar and I was like, I was so brutal at exactly that. Like I would know like what classes she was in and I would just be like drinking water at the water fountain and <laughs> she'd like come out of her class and I would just be like, Oh, Hey Jen, like whatever, you know? And then we'd like walk down the hall together and I, and I'd be like literally like shaking. Like I liked her so much. And I'd be like trying to have these converse and like, we never talked about anything. Like I had no <laughs> yeah. reason to be this nervous. And then 10 years later, flash ahead to like 10 years later, I'm doing stand up, And she's at comes to one of my shows with a with a like mutual friend, because like we went to the same high school. So I became friends with a girl that was in her grade, and she brought Jen to the show. So then I was like an adult and I knew how to talk to girls. And so I actually ended up going out on a few dates with her and like nothing ended up happening. But I told her that I was like in high school, I was just obsessed with you to the point where like I would kind of, yeah, same as you just try to be like in her orbit, just kind of like, because yeah. I think I thought that that was like, you know, she'd start to think about me because I'd just be yeah. around, you know? <laughs> That's, I, I mean,
1: I, I have this weird memory of like, I think I was in eighth grade and this girl had a big birthday party. They like rented a place out. We go to this birthday party and there's this girl that I like have this huge crush on. And by the way, she's calling me on the phone every night. We're talking on the phone every night for hours. She's calling me and stuff. You
0: have reason to believe. And
1: she's hanging out with me in public and shit. But like, I don't talk to her ever when I'm around anybody, because it's just like, Oh, people are going to know I like her. And then, you know, of course uh, she would lose interest, but then later on I would show up and, and just like, if there's a party she was going to be at, I'd be like, I'll be there. Or if I was like, uh, if she was getting a drink, like you said, I would sort of like be like, right. On the outside, you're right, like right in their orbit. I would just kind of, I was so bad at
0: girls, I was so bad at having girlfriends, you and me both. And it was so funny, you know, because I think, like, you know, I I think I was in grade 10 and she was in grade 11, so I'd have been 15 and she was 16 at the time. And like, I remember, like, that's ambitious, John. I I gotta tell you, I know, I know, and it well, and it was because nothing ever happened, obviously, (laughs) just like one of those things where you know, I think in your mind, you have two different thoughts. Like your first thought is the one that I said already where like, Oh, maybe if I'm like just in her orbit or like, I'm just kind of around, she'll think about me more. And then you also have the second thought of like, am I going overboard? Like, is she noticing that I like her or that I'm kind of always around? Like, so you'd be kind of scared. Sometimes you'd be like, okay, well, yesterday, I did the like kind of fake getting a drink at the water fountain to wait for her to come out of her class. So like today I won't do that. Like you'd meticulously plan it all in your head. And then I remember when we were adults, like I think probably when we went out, I, I don't even know how old I was again, like 25, 26 or no. Cause I started comedy when I was 25. So I must've been like 28, 29. And I remember telling her this and she was like, oh, I didn't notice any of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like on either side like she's like i had no idea that you had a crush on me but i also never thought like you were stalking me or anything she's like i just thought you were nice i never really <laughs> thought about it i didn't i'm like oh cool like that's almost worse like i'd almost yeah. rather you have an opinion one like love me or hate me but <laughs> the idea of like oh, I, just, I literally never thought about you and i'm like oh, <laughs> you all the time so that's great
1: i also think that my thought was if she the the more times i'm close or in that area the more chances we're going to end up in a conversation where i could profess my feelings right like that would have never fucking happened because i would have never done that you know (laughs) so i i don't know i don't even know
0: how we got on that but but uh how songs might sort of be about girls i mean this is how all of them went about it i mean literally the first lyrics you hear on this album on the song redefine Uh, so this is, you know, again, their major label debut, they're like trying to create a sound, create an impression. These are, this is the first lyrics here. Imagine your brain as a canister filled with ink. Yeah. Now think of your body as the pen where the ink resides. Fuse the two kapow. What are you now? You're the human magic marker. Won't you please surprise my eyes? That is the worst shit I've ever heard, and and and
1: I'm gonna tell you something right now. That human magic marker line, always hated it. Always was just like human magic marker. I'm, yeah. I'm like a redneck. I am not like a spiritual <laughs> guy. You know what I mean? And you hear this California shirtless guy like, "Yo, the human magic marker. Won't you please surprise my eyes?" And you're like, <laughs>
0: like, I don't know what that even means." It doesn't mean. That's the problem. It doesn't mean anything. It's it there- my, nothing. You're I don't want that surprise. Advisor. Yeah. Like, it, like I mean, I teach English. A kid write poems and submit them to me. Like, if a grade eight, like a thirteen year old, submitted that poem to me, I'd be like, "Human magic marker? Really? That's really like, were you just looking around your backpack? And then you're like, oh, I guess a human magic marker. I don't know." Like, it's just I mean, you got to be kind of a freak to say magic marker anyway. I think <laughs> it's true. like such a weird fucking way to say marker. You know? <laughs> yeah, it is such a weird and but that's Incubus, though, right? Like, I do feel like for them, a lot of things feel like magic. Like, I think magic is something that like Brandon Boyd thought about a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, one thing I I get that they were using a lot of mushrooms and acid and stuff. Right. Of course. And you can really fall into that trap. I, I, uh, I did me and me and a bunch of my friends did mushrooms one night. And uh I don't remember how it led to it, but one of them left the house because it was warm out. They left and they walked to their house. So I went to go find Them with somebody else Me and somebody else are walking to go find them We get there and I'm talking to them And they're like I don't know things just got like Really wild there for a few For a few minutes and then I came home and Laid in bed and uh, in The dark and I like was really thinking And uh you know how guys Get really into psychedelics And collect samurai swords And I was like yeah And he was like uh I kind of see Why they would do that now (laughs) And he, this guy is not a samurai so he's like a lawyer he's like really well put together and stuff so like it was just this weird thing where it's like this guy was like thinking god I wish I was a fucking 23 year old loser
0: you who know? <laughs> had samurai swords yeah oh,
1: yeah. Man. I wish my clothes had cat hair all over them, oh, sort of thing
0: god. well that's like it's, that's that, that sorry, was, go ahead
1: but those things will fuck your head up, dude. Like in, if you use them a
0: lot, you really do start thinking you've unlocked the keys to the universe. Oh, no question. Like, I think like the song Nebula, I've got the lyrics up for that. And like Nebula sounds like a guy who's just done mushrooms and has cornered you at a party and is like (laughs) trying to tell you what it's like inside his brain. Like as someone who's never done psychedelics, and who has been on the end of those conversations this is very much like like this is the whole song disconnect and let me drift until my upside down is right side in which that is already like people who are on mushrooms or acid or ecstasy well not ecstasy necessarily but they love to tell you like where their body's at yeah they'll be like i feel like i'm up on the roof right now like it's crazy Society must let the artist go to wander off into the nebula upon return. I conjure what was seen. I let it pulse and boil within my limbs. I lay my pencil to the porous page and let my lunatic indulge itself. Wander off into your nebula. See your nectarine of multiplicity come like orgasmatron Ugh. on overdrive.
1: See, I get fucking, when you when you put it in the context of being on shrooms i understand why he wrote that like i
0: get <laughs> I like i've been there i
1: feel yeah <laughs> i get what he's doing it's just like uh, uh, pardon me the the part about letting the artists wander you know yeah. yeah that's the part that really got me because it's like oh man if i told anybody the ideas i came up with when i was tripping it would just—it's—they're worse than cocaine ideas. At least cocaine ideas have some kind of basis in reality. Yeah, when you're tripping, like we should buy a let's buy
0: a building, dude. We <laughs> buy a building. Let's buy the whole. Let's just buy it. We could just buy a building and rent it out, and then then and then we're the landlord. Did you ever think about that? And then we could just rent the whole thing. But then on the bottom, on the bottom, that'll be just for us. Like we'll have the whole bottom floor of the building. Yeah, like it. it there is something. It's never going to happen in the same way that mushrooms. But it's not like. Uh, guys listen tonight i went to space and i'm just gonna let my inner lunatic out and i'm gonna i'm just gonna explain what happened when i was in space tonight and you're like okay i liked the building guy better (laughs) (laughs) i I like a real estate plan more than i like a, hey i went to space so
1: it's so weird because like it doesn't get dark either which i don't know if that means that this was written during one trip or written during a period of time where there were a lot of trips happening because like, I got to imagine the guys were like 19, maybe 20 when they wrote, I can't, I don't know their ages when they wrote this album. But when I was 19, I was using acid
0: like every day for like three months. I yeah, did. Brandon Boyd was 21 when science came out.
1: Yeah. So that, it's probably one of those situations where he was barely ever not tripping. You know, mm-hmm. like there was this period of time I lived in this small two bedroom. It was a garden apartment. And one of the rooms had a tarp in the middle where two, pe- two dudes slept. One slept on one side of the tarp. The other one slept on the other side of the tarp. <laughs> And then I lived in my, I had my own bedroom with my wife. My, She was my girlfriend at the time. We weren't married, but uh, we lived at this place where like we were broke as fuck. We couldn't afford the rent at all. I was making like, I wasn't even making enough money that I could even make an attempt to pay the rent on this place. And, uh, but we still wanted to do drugs, but we felt like too expensive and acid is only five dollars and it lasts like eight hours. So it was just like, let's just fucking do acid every day. And we did it every day. And uh I just I know the neighbors hated our guts like and and like uh we would wave to people when they were driving to work in the morning we would still be up in the morning on like a wednesday like waving to the people we kept up all night screaming at a fucking apartment complex and like i can just see where your brain it just gets fried and it, it, you like don't know what's good and what's bad i mean that was like the summer i probably wrote the most of any earnest stuff that I ever wrote. Like until I started doing comedy, obviously I write a lot more now, but like before that was my most creative time. And I would have to say it was like a hundred percent trash. There is not like one good word
0: in there at all. Well, I think too, the problem probably is that like, so you're, you're describing all of that. And then you're also saying like, yeah, and I was also dirt poor and I lived in a house with two other guys that slept on a tarp in the living room and whatever. Whereas Brandon Boyd had just signed a seven record deal with Sony as a 20 year old. So he, so like, imagine you had all of those thoughts on acid and, and so did he, but he could legitimately be like, oh yeah, people really want to hear these thoughts. Like I am a genius. Like I am like, Pardon me, like you were probably sitting at home going, I'm a fucking genius. Yeah. Sitting at home going, I am a fucking genius. And you're like, okay, time to slow down. Like you could tell almost the exact line in Incubus's trajectory where they got too famous that they couldn't just be doing drugs all the time. And that's in between Make Yourself and Morning View. It's like right. self is like weaning off of the acid and then morning view is like, no, nah, we just smoke weed and surf now. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, the fucking thing about me is I like make yourself. It was almost what I, I was like going like to choose. Yeah. I was almost going to choose that for this episode, but I have trouble uh, defining it as it's hard. It's harder to define than science. I guess yeah, I, I assume we'll get to a
0: more clearly new metal than make yourself is.
1: Yeah, but I I think I like make yourself a little bit more. There's some cringy lines in make yourself too, but I didn't get past make yourself with them. I felt like they, you know what, And, and I'm listening to science today and I'm like, you know, at the time, I remember thinking after. Science that they let me down That they weren't what they were advertised For and they I remember just thinking they're trying to be 311 You know that like And I don't like 311 So I'm not into this But like it's really almost not fair To say that because science If you listen to it It doesn't sound like any of the other Albums we've done And there is clearly I mean it's clearly Not new metal You know they toured with all those guys though, yeah. And but it's closer to Primus or like uh,
0: um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, I think, than heavy metal funk influences. I mean, I think where it gets the new metal thing, I think, is probably that it's super bass forward. Like this album in particular, especially compared to other Incubus albums, it's very bass and rhythm section forward and the brendan uh brandon does a lot of kind of rapping like it's not really rapping but it's like talk singing in a way that you could see them fit kind of with those new metal bands but i agree uh so speaking of the album let's do our little our background uh so this album as i said before was the second album from incubus their first was called fungus among us uh which is uh yeah they were fucking obsessed with my that you need to know about (laughs)
1: yeah they were obsessed with fucking psychedelics and we've all been there in our lives i mean i mean i have been there and everybody i know it's just like sometimes they are good but like young people don't do them right And it's hard to explain. (laughs) It's, It's hard to explain why, because you feel like an old man, but like you're not supposed to do them for multiple days and stuff like that. And it's not like a party thing, it's more like a meditative state, I guess, in a way. I mean, it's fun to do it with other people, but like. I don't know when I do it now, it's therapeutic and I'm trying to grow from it. But when I was doing it back then, I was like, fucking shoot me into outer space,
0: dude. (laughs) I'm an artist. I want to come back and document this for the world.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm fucking, it's crazy out there. You guys don't even know. You don't even fucking, and you can't (laughs) explain it. Oh my God. I mean, drugs are all, there's no good drug conversation i
0: don't think i can't Mm. think of one yeah not when you're high no no not yeah when you're
1: high it's impossible to say anything interesting
0: well brandon sure tried uh this album came out september 9th 1997 it was released on epic and immortal records which was a sony affiliate as i said before after fungus among us they signed a seven record deal uh, back when that was the thing that you could do, you could just have a good debut album and then a band, or sorry, a label. Their their advance <clears throat> uh, after they signed that deal uh, for those seven records was eight million dollars. So Incubus signed an eight million dollar deal, a uh, eight million dollar holding deal off of an album called Fungus Among Us. Um, this was recorded uh, in between May and June 1997 over six weeks in Santa Monica. Released on September 9th. The album has only gone gold, uh, so it never charted. Uh, So gold, obviously, in the States means it sold a half million copies. It's also gone gold in the UK. Uh, In the States, uh, it didn't uh, turn gold until 2002. Uh, So it took it five years to turn gold. So obviously not a massive record for the band. <clears throat> uh, before we get into uh, talking more about the band specifically, Brian, you've you touched on it a little bit, but you haven't got super into detail. What was your kind of uh, your history with Incubus? When did you first get into them and how how did it kind of, you know, foster your life? I don't know. I read, I, I used to go
1: to a site called the PRP.com. Think, I think we've talked about it before. We definitely have, yep. But it was like all the news about any new metal related stuff, and uh incubus would cut co- if somebody came up there a lot, I would check them out you know it w- it was sort of like that was the taste maker for me and if it if it went over, that would be great if it didn't, it didn't and with incubus, it was really weird because they aren't a band
0: that I think that I would traditionally have liked back then. Yeah, I was really curious about that with you because when I saw this album came out in ninety 97- seven it was like, oh, it's kind of weird that Brian liked this.
1: Well, I don't, oh man, when did I get into the? I probably did get it. I, did, I was into this in high school because I used to write Incubus on the back of my notebooks. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't usually like this funk inspired rock thing unless it's like metal, you know, like it's got to be super heavy. But I think I just felt, okay liking this because all my friends did and like uh uh it felt <laughs> i think what it felt like to me was like oh a little bit of variety in old
0: brian's <laughs> playlist you know variety <laughs> that's like cool you know i can get this is variety i'm allowed to like <laughs> yeah a li- yeah because
1: it's like there are songs on there like anti-gravity love song
0: or Whatever the fuck the song, Summer yeah, Romance. Summer romance bracket, the anti-gravity love song. <laughs>
1: yeah, on, there's Ryan. like songs like that on it where you're like, oh, you know, this is interesting. This isn't like anything I listened to. But then like I also distinctly remember at the time thinking it was a joke, you know, like a joke that they put that song on the album. And when I listen to it today, it's probably the best song on the album.
0: was a great think. song. I love that song so much.
1: Yeah, I mean, the lyrics aren't too embarrassing and uh, it's not, it's it's an, it's interesting. I also like, uh, uh, well, we'll talk about what we like later, but I only got to see them live. I saw them live at OzFest whenever they did that. 98, I yeah, think. 98. Yep. So also I saw a weird.
0: What a weird OzFest band.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but they were big with people like me. You know, like the OzFest thing is so weird because like in those early days, they were kind of having everything there. And then it turned into mostly just like Zach Wild type stuff,
0: you know, it's based on when we like talked about that with Keith Buckley on the bonus episode. It almost seems like the fans of OzFest just kind of forced them, just sort of forced them into that. Right. Like that. The fans were just kind of like, OK, we don't want anything other than this yeah. kind of like specific type of metal. Don't we don't want every time I die. We don't want Incubus. We don't want System of a Down. We just want any band that Devin Townsend is in. We want the Zach Wild project. We want, you know, like that kind of thing.
1: Right. So I saw him there. I don't remember much, but then I saw him open for Deftones. Oh, man, that would be so sick and uh that was well did they oh op- yes they did they opened for Deftones. this is an arena show yeah and i was sick but i couldn't miss it and those were really the only two times i got to see them unless they were at like a festival i went to like they yeah i'm pretty sure those are the only two times i saw them i thought they were fine i don't know what you do at an incubus concert
0: now though yeah so <laughs> this might be the rare band on the show that i've seen more than you I think i four times, I think. My first show show ever was Incubus. Well, I was
1: fully out after Make Yourself. I was like 100% out when they finished Make Yourself. And uh, I don't think they came here much. The thing about California bands is... A lot of times they spend a lot of their time right there in California. Incubus is a California ass band
0: for, you know, big time. And they're like, they're a very uh, live at Red Rocks type of band. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm really surprised they don't get like adult contemporary respect. I guess they probably play drive. Now, like some of their, you know, some of the songs on like light grenades and shit, I feel like maybe must have like dig is like a pretty adult contemporary type song.
1: Light Grenades.
0: Yeah, that was the album <laughs> after A Crow Left of the Murder. So, See, I just like I was in. So for me, like, so Morning View is my favorite Incubus album. It's one of my favorite albums ever. It's probably in my top 20. Like, I love Morning View. I just think it's fantastic. Is there, is there a hit single from that? Yeah, they had three. There was um, Wish You Were Here, oh, um, Good One, Circles, and yeah. um, Warning. No, oh, it didn't have nice to know you. Oh, yeah. Goodbye. Yeah, that, was one, that was one, too. Yeah. yeah oh, I think they had four, actually. I yeah, know. That's that that a say, good yeah. one. But that was okay. A great, I liked that record. That was right after Make Yourself. And then Crow Left of the Murder, I thought was fine. It has like, you know, four or five good songs, on, but I didn't love it. And then they just totally lost me with light grenades. I was totally out after that. But
1: yeah, okay, I, I mean, they're. Sorry, go ahead. Do you think that they're an embarrassing
0: band? To like uh, a little yeah. bit, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> with are, like
1: more sure. than corn,
0: you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, more than corn for sure. Because the thing, the thing with Incubus is that th- the is Brandon Boyd, right? Like, I think especially if you're the type of guy that's like, you know, like we talked about your history with new metal on the show, and and we've talked about mine too, where like it was totally a period where you liked your bands and you liked your sound and anything else uh was lame uh and when i say lame you know we didn't call it that we called it other things that were inappropriate and we've learned a lot more about now but like that's and so when you have a band like incubus whose front man is a legitimate model and is like dating models and every picture of him his shirt's not on and then the lyrics are what they are. And I think too, especially after morning view, I was like, cause obviously drive like exploded them. So then I think people didn't realize that they had this kind of history as being a bit more of a metal band, um, kind of in the same way of sugar Ray, right? Like sugar Ray got huge off of fly. But if you listen to the record that fly is on, it's like all new metal songs, but then, yeah. for some, but then just fly for some reason. Right. Like, So I think that's the thing is like people would have seen Incubus as like, Oh, you like them. And then you'd have to be like, no, but have you heard like certain shade of green and new skin and like, you know, these other kind of heavier songs and they would just be like, no. And you're like, okay, well they're not, they're not drive. Like not their songs. Don't all sound like drive. Like, you know, it's like relax. Um, But yeah, they're definitely, they're a lame, a lame band to like, but I've always liked them. And yeah, like I said, they were my first ever show. I think, You know, this is a blast from the past, but I think I got into Incubus from Family Values 98 because I had the I had the Family Values Tour 98 VHS and CD, and I just used to listen to that all the time. And there's only one song by Incubus on it. New Skin was on it, uh, but I just thought that that was a great song. And then I I heard Certain Shade of Green and I loved that song. So I would make like mixed CDs with Certain Shade of Green on it and stuff. And then, yeah, I hadn't really heard Morning View. I kind of knew like the singles. I knew Wish You Were Here and Warning, I think. And my friend had gotten tickets to Incubus and I had, my parents wouldn't let me go to shows. So I've talked about that before on the show, but they they wouldn't let me. So like Incubus was kind of, I was going into grade 12. It was actually the first day of school in grade 12 and Incubus was playing and 30 Seconds to Mars was opening. And uh, yeah, it was an arena show. Like Incubus was pretty huge at that point. It was the, it was the Morning View tour. And, uh, I thought it was just a phenomenal show. And then I've seen them like three times since then. And they've been great every time. The last time I saw them was in September. They were touring make yourself. So I saw them play, make yourself cover and it was awesome. Yeah. I would go see that for sure. Like a good, they're a good band. Like they're just talented musicians and I've always liked them. There's no, like, even though I don't love their new albums, like if someone put their, one of their new records on, I would never be like, Oh, I hate this. Turn it off. Like that would just never Happen for me like I just I think they're a, I think they're a solid band but I this album in particular I don't remember it being as good as it is like it's a really yeah. good
1: record. Well, I I do remember I think like you jogged something loose there in that like I remember being skeptical of this thing until certain shade of green came on and being like holy shit this fucking rules. I mean, this is a band that the turntablist is crucial and good. And I would not take him out of incubus. Wow. You know? Big yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take. I got, I'm going to get rid of most of them, but the <laughs> incubus guy, he really fucking does it right. Like he's seamlessly mixed in and he's a part of the music. Yeah. And I think it's like really impressive how, like how good that stuff was done, how well that stuff was done on the first album. You know, mm. I'm, you know the first studio album but like this thing sounds better than all of the ones that we've done mm-hmm. i mean i guess you know POD and Linkin Park didn't sound bad but i'm just yeah, saying that Linkin this Park is records
0: pretty well produced
1: yeah this is just well produced but it is like it's so hard it's like it's music for people who play hacky sack at concerts
0: (laughs) i think and that's what bothers me you you want to keep playing hacky sack you want to be on the lawn you want to feel (laughs) this that's what i think is like that's what i think about when i see them though it's like hacky
1: sacks and like wearing guinness t-shirts for the beer (laughs) you
0: know what i mean yeah i know what you mean
1: like, I just feel like that's the, the it's a different type of person. This isn't like dirtbag music. This no. isn't like scummy music. These these guys don't look like any of the bands that did the heavier stuff. And I think they're also like not concerned with being heavy at all. And no. it's uh and I don't think they ever were. And I and it's funny because this is a band that you could say or that a lot of people probably i know after make yourself people are like these guys have fucking sold out and it's like they released album after album after album that sounded more like make yourself than science and you're like no they like didn't sell out they (laughs) that was like the direction
0: they were going in you know for sure but you you, but you can even hear it like on this record i think you can hear kind of those, those touches, right? Like I think anti-gravity love song is a good, is a good kind of touchstone of like, okay, they were, they were fine just making kind of like fun and funky songs. And even like the guitar parts in a lot of these songs, like, um, like there's such a really cool guitar part on vitamin. That's just kind of like in the background that you wouldn't even necessarily pick up unless you're wearing headphones, but it's kind of like a really scronky, just like kind of really fun. And you're like, okay, these guys are like legitimate players. Like, you know, we've kind of talked about Corn. Uh, we talked about this a lot, especially with Nick Weiger, where like, we're not even like, are we even sure that anyone in Corn is like a good musician, like classically, like good musician. Whereas like Incubus, you can tell, I mean, their drummer's incredible. Like I've seen them live. Jose Pacias, he's insane. And then obviously like Einziger is a crazy crazy guitar player. And then my, my favorite thing about incubus is that their current bass player, who's has been with the band now for like 15 years, like quit the roots to join incubus, which is like, so weird, which is so weird. It's very weird. And it's also like cool though. Like, cause I mean, people think of the roots as being like a very technically proficient band. And obviously they are and were, and this guy saw incubus as like enough of a creative stimuli to be like, okay, I'm going to go and (laughs) I'm going to go and join this band. Like that just goes to show, I think like how talented they were. And so I think that's the thing too, when you, when you're a band in this era, in this vein, you just kind of make whatever music makes you happy and satisfies you as someone who's good at music, as opposed to like, I think a band like corn or a band like Limp Biscuit, where they're like, well, this is just the music we can play that this is the music we can make. And so we're just going to, make this we're going to make this music forever kind of thing
1: yeah yeah i mean with brandon boyd i think there was very little chance of them not making it too like he that guy is just handsome you know, and it's beautiful, beautiful man. Yeah. Yeah. It's the shirtless thing that annoys the shit out. He's like Burt Kreischer. I get annoyed at Burt Kreischer too, by the way, and I fucking can't even think about taking my shirt off. And these guys are just walking around with it off all the time. Burt Kreischer
0: has one of those, like, uh, he has one of those bodies where like he's fat, but like it's tight. Yeah. Like it's like a tight fatness. So you like, so he takes his shirt off and you're like, okay, this is a big guy, but like it doesn't look bad. He just looks like a big guy. Whereas like there are other people who probably weigh the same as bert who look far worse with their shirt off. I feel all over the place and you're like okay well like I feel like I look worse than bert with my shirt off and I probably weigh 60 pounds less than he does but like I just the way the way my body sits is like not good, you know. And so I yeah with Brandon I mean I saw them in September he's 44 years old he took his shirt off it looked great. I was like this guy i mean i would still i I'm, I'm all about it you kiss him i uh yeah, you would you because he seems <laughs> like he smells and tastes good like he, does I am not, like, like he smells good yeah he's like gonna- i don't i don't want like you know i'm pretty straight like i don't want to kiss a guy but like when i think about it that's like the type of guy where you'd be like <laughs> yeah like he just he, you know he smells good he takes care of himself it's all good you know yeah he's
1: he's he's super fucking handsome the the issue I have is uh i'm just i get very uncomfortable when people take their shirt off, you know
0: because <laughs> it's just real i don't you're, even you're circling back you're like no i wanna we gotta keep talking
1: about it <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with him I'm sorry, I just want people to know. That like anybody, women, men, anybody, non-binary people, if you take your shirt off while I'm hanging out, I'm like, Ugh, put back. okay, we're not getting, <laughs> this isn't a fucking orgy. Okay. We're all wearing our clothes.
0: That's all. That's all I was saying. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I respect, I respect that for sure. I mean, it it is definitely, I think for him, it like, it fits the aesthetic, right? Like when he yeah. takes his shirt off, you're like, Oh yeah, this makes perfect sense to me. It makes sense that he doesn't have a shirt on. Does like, he come out shirtless or does no, he take it off in the middle no, of the show? No, he comes out, or at least when I saw him, I think every time I've seen him, he's wearing a button up collared shirt oh, that cool, has short man.
1: sleeves. Do you think he rips it off instead of no, like he doing usually undoing? He'll unbutton
0: it as the show goes on. Smart, smart. Yeah. This and guy's a it, fucking performer, oh, man. Yeah, he knows. He knows it's like It's like how other artists do costume changes. He just like, he has like four stages. He has like four costumes. It's like his first costume is just like fully done. Like he might even be wearing something. Like I think when I saw them in September, he came out in a hoodie. So like first costume was like hoodie. He plays like one song with like the hood kind of over his eyes, sings it, whatever. Then it's like, okay, we're here. We're playing the show. He takes the hoodie off. So costume two is just, the the button up shirt, but it's fully buttoned. And then costume three is the shirt is fully unbuttoned, but it's still on. He's caping. He's got the beautiful cape of the shirt. And then, <laughs> and then costume four is the shirts fully off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking cool though. You know, it's cooler than Jonathan Davis changing pants in the middle of a show where it's like, what's going on, dude. Yeah, why did you need to do that? I don't. Yeah. This that was
0: changing the vibe for me. You know, there's <laughs> not, you know, you're not like, oh shit. He just changed his fucking pants. They better be playing Freak on a Leash next because I'm losing <laughs> my shit. <laughs> so
1: I think like,
0: uh,
1: do you think that every song on this album is like really. Uh, I think every song in this album is good. You know, mm-hmm. like I, uh, this might be my first. Uh, I'm going to name this a Brian's perfecto is what I would call it. It's a perfecto. perfecto, I will call this. I think it's perfect. Wow. And it's not my favorite album. I want to fucking really stress this. Right. It's not the best album in the world to me, but I think it's all highs. Right. which is that's so incredibly hard to do. I've said this before. There's a song I don't like on the first corn album. There's a song I don't like on White Pony. There's a song I don't like on Around the Fur. You know, there's right. three or four I don't like on Significant Other. And yeah. like these are the main out the songs, but this one, there was not any time where I wanted to be like, skip. I don't even feel like there are any album cuts on this. Every
0: one of them is a single in my heart. That's wow. I mean, that's big. I would say like to me, what I would, the way I would approach it two things. First of all, I think, you know this is our 8th episode our 8th record and we've also done a couple records on our bonus episodes and i think like this holds up in a really strange way that like nothing else we have or will listen to does aside from deftones probably um you know like even corn like you know like i love corn and limp biscuit and whatever like you know obviously these are some of my favorite bands but even the first corn record which i don't think has a bad song on it i still am like okay, but they're like, it's a very flawed record. Like it sounds like it's from 1994 where it's like this incubus record has this kind of weird, I mean, it's 22 years old. And also it's, it's fucked to me how good this record is considering they were all like 21 to 23 years old. Like the record shouldn't be this good. And and it's weird in a way that it fits with their catalog too. Like a lot of bands, especially bands that do change their sound. And I think Incubus over time has definitely morphed their sound. It's crazy that their, their debut album still fits in with their catalog. Like, I don't think if you're like a late adopter of Incubus and you like got into them like around light grenades and you only know like light grenades and whatever the other there's like, I think one of the records is called eight and I don't know, there's like four records after light grenades. Even if you only got into that, I think you could listen to science and you might not like it, but you could at least be like, oh, okay. I, I can see where this band came from. Like it totally makes sense to me that this is, Part of their canon. It doesn't feel separate from the rest. Like, even the way like adrenaline for deftones Tones sounds a lot different from the rest of the catalog. Yeah. You know, it's like it's a weird thing where like this really fits in. I would just say for me, it's a record that if I put it on in the car, I probably wouldn't skip any of the tracks. But um if Magic Medicine wasn't on it and if Nebula and Calgon weren't on it that'd be fine like like both great songs
1: that
0: nebula riff in the middle that's the most metal part
1: of the album that's that's the part part i like
0: oh yeah i don't like that part so yeah for me it's like i wouldn't skip it like if i'm listening you know summer romance comes on and the nebula like i wouldn't skip it but i also am not it's it doesn't come on and i'm like oh fuck yeah like here we go this is the song i was hoping for like But overall, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a crazy, crazy strong record. And like I said, I, it's one of those, I haven't listened to it cover to cover in a long time. Like, I don't know when the last time I actually sat down and listened to this cover to cover was so like, listening to it today, I was like, holy shit, like this, this sounds good. Like this holds up in a crazy way. It's really, really solid. I mean,
1: Magic Medicine sounds good in the context of the album, though, you know, like, I guess if you're judging it by would I want to skip, would I want to hear this on a shuffle that I would agree with you that, you know, Magic Medicine, you probably don't want to hear. But uh, I, I do feel like when you listen to the whole thing in order, Magic Medicine is fine it works perfectly i didn't even like really super feel like i didn't feel like it stood out as annoying or anything no no
0: it it doesn't it doesn't stand out as annoying in a way that like battlestar scratchalactica does on make yourself yeah like to me that that track is like okay well we got to give killmore something to do so we'll just give him a track like and i agree with you he is a big part of the band but it felt like he was in the studio being like boys you know it'd be really cool as if like i could just kind of fuck around for a track like i think that was, <laughs> you know like even when so i saw them play make yourself uh in september where they played a cover to cover and he played battlestar scratchalactica but it was like completely different like even he yeah. was like yeah yeah like he it was just like I'm going to fuck around on the turntables for like five minutes, but like, it's not going to be that, you know? So I think, I think too, the problem for me is like, I love like glass is one of my favorite songs on the record. I think it's so good. And to me listening to it, especially today, I'm like, if, if you could imagine like glass goes into certain shade of green, I feel like I would just be like, "Mm," like I don't need that come down from magic medicine. I feel like you get glass, you go right into certain shade of green. I feel like that's where I'd be popping off. I'd be like, hell yeah. And then favorite things is kind of like a bit of a come down from certain shade of green. And then obviously summer romance is a totally different vibe. And you can use that as the come down. Like, I don't think you need that magic medicine in the middle of those two tracks to balance it out in any way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get, I I think uh, I can, I'm, I'm going to let you have this. I mean, obviously <laughs> you're the guy that hates uh, Sism of a Down and now also hates Incubus. So <laughs> negative, it's crazy. Well, someone has to be,
0: but I feel like I'm not really
1: being that negative. This one, this one to me is like, I, I don't know. I just can't think of, I, I, I wouldn't. I would remove Magic Medicine, I guess, if I had the chance. But uh I also think it, it fits pretty good in there. And um I don't know. And I love Calgon. I think Calgon is great. Uh there's some bad lyrics in it. Very bad, yeah. But if I had to judge like, if I had to judge the rest of these songs' lyrics as harshly as, as I'm judging Calgon, then I would find something in every song. It's just in oh. Calgon. Oh, yeah. wait. I don't know if I'm thinking, no, it's Calgon. Is this the, is Calgon the one where they say they stuck cold things in my butt, butt, butt? You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yes. That's that song. I hate that lyric so much. Ugh.
0: I mean, his butt. Butt, You, I mean, it was in his butt. You know, <sighs> sampled a bit oh. of his DNA. They left him on top of the sheets. I <sighs> dreamt I went potty, then woke up drenched in me.
1: Yeah, it's terrible. It's like a really fucking bad, <laughs> yeah. it's really bad lyrics, but the song sounds good. I almost wish that Brandon Boyd just didn't write lyrics and just sort of made those sounds with his mouth. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like he would just be like that, instead of they stuck cold <laughs> things in my butt, but butt. you'd be like, okay. And right, do- cool. you wouldn't have to hear the. The three butts, man. Like, just even so weird to hear like a a, a, like a a song that's on an album that's supposed to be metal, and he's like saying butt instead of ass. They
0: put cocaine in my butt yeah, yeah. Like, just <laughs> yeah. Ate it. i'm just trying to imagine like james hetfield <laughs> yeah just being like and then wow. put the cold things in my butt yeah. like, <laughs> like, like, you would just never recover from that
1: i'm reading the i'm looking at the review scores for this album on it uh, pretty good well yeah yeah it did it did all music gave it three stars the Encyclopedia of Popular Music gave it three stars.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something I've heard
1: of before. Yeah, I mean, I read it every month. It's like, <laughs> I, I, I check to see if
0: they've added it. it. I don't right. read it anymore. I read Wikipedia of popular music. Right? That's true. That's what I'm doing. Pitchfork <laughs> gave it 8.7 out of 10. Yeah, and that's like, for Pitchfork, that's absurd. But I mean, that was back before, you know, 8.0 became the, the best score you could get. But the Rolling Stone album guy gave it, too. That's
1: that's what I found interesting. I I I think
0: this would be an album Rolling Stone would like, especially coming out on Sony. You'd feel like a major label record they would be more into. But yeah, it's just the the thing I always think about with the lyrics of this and like any band where I find the lyrics kind of laughable is like, like, how does the band feel about it? you know, like, like I'm just imagining like Einziger, he seems like such a perfectionist. Like when you see them live, he's got like 20 pedals. He's got like, I remember seeing them on the morning view tour and they played aqueous transmission and he played a friggin' sitar. Like they brought out a giant sitar and he was playing that. And like, all like, it's just, he's obviously a extremely talented musician. He seems like kind of a nerd perfectionist type. Like he had to be just like, man, I wrote this really cool song. Like he had to come home to like his girlfriend or, or friend or whatever be like, man, I wrote this amazing riff. And then Brandon was like, they put the cold things in my butt, but yeah. Butt. <laughs> and he's just like, so mad. And his girlfriend's like, Mike, listen, you you guys signed to Sony. Like, obviously there's something there that you're not seeing. Do you not understand? Okay. He called her a human magic marker in the song. <laughs> What what do you want from me? Okay. I'm trying my best. (laughs) I wonder though. uh, I
1: I do wonder if they think it's good too, but I I can't imagine somebody in the band wasn't, I mean, like I think if you're playing guitar in a band and it gets signed and stuff, you're just like, okay. I mean, you do what you got to do, my man, you you know,
0: whatever you you got to focus on that. Like, I, I guess like, as I was saying that I was thinking about when I played in a band And I don't think I paid any attention to the lyrics at all. I was just like concerned about the drums and I didn't really care what the lead (laughs) singer was singing. I didn't, I mean, he was a good lyricist. So maybe if he was bad, I would have had more thoughts about it. But I remember like I, he wouldn't come to practice with words and I'd be like, Oh fuck yeah yeah I, know, but I mean yeah i mean it was 1997 too and it, it was maybe a different time like and maybe they were all like i guess i'm guessing they were all doing mushrooms i mean the very funniest part of this too is like they're even listed on the record pardon me like under pen names like if you i don't know if you've ever noticed that but on the on the record uh brandon boyd is credited as cornelius Um, Mike Einziger is credited as Jawa Uh, their original bass player not the one from the roots his name was George he's credited as Dirk Lance Um, Uh, yeah DJ was DJ life so Kilmore wasn't in the band yet Um, and then Jose Pacias is credited as bad mamma jamma with no spaces I I thought they were going with like a theme there that I no theme he no, it's just clearly like, Hey, what do you want? Do you want to be like something on the record? And Einziger's like, I don't know. I like star Wars. Call me Jawa. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, cause you know, Cornelius is the name of the planet of the Apes guy. So I was like, maybe they're going with like alien ish stuff, but I guess it's just, we're just, we're fucking twisted, dude. They also people would they would put the pictures that picture of that guy. People would think that was the lead singer. That was Brandon too. Is the guy that they put on all the covers of their albums. Who yeah. I don't have any idea who
0: that guy is. But uh no clue. no clue. The album art is really bad. Oh really? Are we? Let's get into that. I'll, I'll, like, I, I like the album art. I think it's really bad. I mean, okay. Here's what I'll say it absolutely fits with like, like one thing incubus is very good at is like, if you look at all of their album art, it actually really makes sense as to like the lyrical content and like where they were at. Like you've got science. It's got this weird dude on the front with like the periodic table and the moon in the background Then make yourself as kind of like a heart wave, but like done in like kind of a cool way. And then morning view is just a picture of the ocean. So you're like, oh, okay, cool. They're just like, you know, they're all about the ocean. Then a crow left of the murder had them all done in cartoons, like really nodded. And I think that that was like kind of their most complex record, you know, and then light grenades looks like clip art. Cause it sucked. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's like on through there, but I think like, it makes sense. Like it fits with the album, but I think like, as just a, as just a album cover, it's pretty shit. No, it's more inspired than, I mean, really, the only good
1: album cover we've had is corn, but uh this one is a lot more inspired
0: than well, the so rest of another is a good album cover too
1: that's oh, okay I mean,
0: I mean, I think as far as fitting the aesthetic of the band and the sound, it makes perfect sense.
1: yeah, I feel like this album does it it really like I don't know maybe it's a, a connection I've drawn in my brain because I haven't. like because i've heard the album so many times and seen the cover so many times but i feel like this one really tells you what you're getting and i feel like i don't know it's mm, it's one of the better looking new metal album covers i'm gonna say that and it's quirky and it's weird and that's the band you know the guy's face is a weird thing especially when they don't like really explain it or who the guy is
0: yeah but uh I think when I was younger, I thought that that guy was the guy who was like doing the narration. I think that's what I thought. I think like, I of, thought he wrote the, like, the song medicine, where he's like, where they're like reading the children's book or whatever. Like, I think I thought he was, he was like humans are uh, human science is everything we can touch, smell, see, and hear. Like, I think I thought he was the guy doing that voice. Oh, here it is. Here it
1: is. Who's the guy. <laughs> No, I, I looked up incubus guy and it was like it was all uh brandon boyd
0: oh right because people just want to like jack off to him or whatever yeah so, and I, the Incubus guy just show me him shirtless. yeah
1: tell me who the fucking incubus guy is you know what i you know what i think i remember now the incubus guy is like okay so chuck's life story has been discussed by the band his name was chuck OK. And uh, Holland, Chuck was also on the cover of Enjoy Incubus. His life story has been discussed by the bands and fans alike, but no one can really figure out the truth of who he is or if that's even his name. Some say it's a photo of lead singer Brandon Boyd's dad, music photographer Chuck Ball, music photographer ah, Chuck Boyd. Here we but go. But it hasn't been proven. Brandon Boyd and Einzinger, in a very old interview said Chuck in real life was an advertisement model for cigarettes and also a gym teacher and also the voiceover for sex education videos. But they seem like they're bullshitting the entire interview. Some say Chuck is a morphed object created from all the faces of the members of Incubus. Some fans say they've seen Chuck at Incubus concerts in California. Whoever he is, he's become a famous face and an icon for Incubus fans. So no reason real answer these guys are I, I really hated
0: that i really hated everything you said there yeah these guys are such fucking pricks they seem like assholes oh, when yeah. i think about you know, it now they give off that vibe of like you they they seem like they wouldn't be fun to hang out with in like the opposite way that corn wasn't like we we talked about that with nick weiger when we looked at who then now and how like corn just seemed like they would be so obnoxious and awful to hang out with. These guys seem they like they would be awful to hang out with, but like in the opposite way that they'd all just be like sitting there, like doing their own thing, not speaking to you or looking at you and just kind of like generally treating you like shit.
1: Yeah. This, this, the, I read the three articles you sent me earlier today and, and like one of them, one of them is just a transcribed interview and like that thing it just i felt bad for the person that was trying to give the interview you know as i'm reading through i'm like these guys aren't fucking taking this seriously let's let's not all waste everybody's time i mean i do like the idea of having some kind of mystery behind your thing like some kind of mysterious thing but uh It's no fun if there isn't like an actual real story of who it is for people to later find out, I guess.
0: Well, especially like when it's this type of band, like when you're going to be like a major label visible band, like it's one thing to create mystery if you're kind of like an indie band and you're hoping to like play dingy clubs and kind of carry this air of mystique about you. When you're trying to be like a major label band from California whose lead singer wears his shirt like 10% of the time, you probably can't be doing interviews where you're like, I don't know. What do you think? (laughs) Like. You know, it just doesn't really fit within. And I think that's where my problem with the album art comes into it. It's like, it just doesn't feel like major label album art. Like if you're, if you're like a funk metal band, that's kind of like, just, you know, hoping to play like your dream is like, maybe we could tour America in a van and play 150 cap venues. Then sure. That's a fun, funny album cover. But like, you're a major label band that's trying to play arenas. And like your album is like, your album cover is kind of like four different clip art things put together. Like, it's just very weird to me.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I guess I, I will look, I, I,
0: uh, I still disagree. I think it's a good album cover. I got to tell you. People might tell me I'm wrong and I'm okay with that, but uh, we can get into the interviews. So we, yeah, the one yeah. you're talking about was a transcribed interview from Ozfest in 1998 uh, backstage in Somerset, Wisconsin. And so, yeah, the interview starts off and I just hated the way I hated the way the interview started like so the girl giving the interview her name's Jen she says tell me about the difference between playing in the daytime versus the nighttime because obviously Incubus not that big of a band probably playing in the daytime at Ozfest at this time and Brandon's answer is I can't be as scary as I normally am and he's like just like a hot Guy who's yeah. kind of never been scary in his life, and then Mike is like, "None of us can be scary." You see, during the daytime, we all look like a bunch of sissies. At night, we turn into big, angry, ugly monsters. Oh my god! And you're like, oh lord, of <laughs> Bob. Like, yeah, like what is <laughs> Lord of being there? It's so confusing. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> yeah, like as you know that that's one of those things. Like as soon as the interview starts the interviewers are just like, Oh, okay. All right. So this is how it's going to be. Okay. All I right. Think, we're I think sometimes you read these things and like, I see it, in, uh, you know, I'm a big sports guy and you see it in sports too. It's like, I think they're trying to be funny, but it's just like, they're just really bad at it. And you, so it just like, it just comes across as like douchey and like kind of mean to the person interviewing you. Cause you're just really not giving them anything to work with off of that yeah yeah absolutely
1: and then she she in this article she asked what science stands for oh yeah do you want to read those out yeah i do because i hate them so much so So brandon said selling catamarans is every nautical captain's ecstasy and uh the the review the the uh, interviewer goes really (laughs) and then he's like
0: (laughs) i love like i wish i was a fly on the wall to hear the tone of voice that she said (laughs) sailing catamarans is every nautical captain's ecstasy really (laughs) yeah
1: i mean to me also and then so the next one is or social chronology includes everyone neanderthals
0: cannibals humans The famous three types. (laughs) First of all, social chronology is the wrong term for what he's trying to describe here. Um, I mean, I guess what he's saying is we went Neanderthals, cannibals, humans. But like, I don't really think that that's how anyone thinks we evolved. And then also, it there it ends in H. That's so. So it goes. So it is in this one. It's called science. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So then Mike goes. Southern California's incubus enters Nevada carrying equipment. And by this point in the interview, I'm so fucking mad because it's like, so this is just another thing you did that. You know, that didn't mean anything. It was just an aesthetic choice. You know, the guy's face is an aesthetic choice. The 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 name of the fucking album is just an ex- aesthetic choice. There's nothing that can be read into. There's nothing that anybody can say. Yeah. That is wrong or right. And like, they don't explain it. They don't explain any of this shit. And it's like, it's less fun. Again, it's less fun if people can't find out the real answer, I guess.
0: Well, I think too, like Brandon, again, like the way that he responds kind of suggests like what I was talking about earlier. So Mike says, yeah, Southern California's incubus enters Nevada carrying equipment. And then Brandon goes, sometimes we just sit around and come up with these for laughs. And it's like, okay, so you you guys definitely do think you're funny. And like, maybe that would be funny. Like if you're in a band and you're in a van all day, and Brandon's like, hey, I think we should call the album Science, but it should be like all capitals with like periods, so it seems like it stands for something, but it doesn't, you know. And then they're like, but what if it did stand for something? And then Brandon's like, I don't know, sailing. Uh, what's a sea word for a boat, um, <laughs> uh, you know? And then and then Kilmore's like, um, catamarans. My dad had a catamaran. Ah, oh, yeah, sailing catamaran, like you know, I could get how that might be funny, like in the van or whatever, but then he follows it up, but he's like, in other words, there's not just one meaning it's food for thought. And it's like, (sighs) is it food for thought is, are people really sitting at home being like, God, what does science stand for? And how much will it impact my enjoyment of this album? Like no one is thinking about this. No one cares. It's like, Oh God. Yeah, this one it it
1: it it is also um fuck I I lost my train of thought there that's okay but it's not good it's uh and then it seemed like pricks though and oh oh, I know what I was gonna say so we're in the Hellfire tour we had bits we were doing in the car that were just like tossing song lyrics out that we were making up and it was like we're not going to do this on stage ever. I'm not going to take this out in front of people. This is just something that we did together? Cause there were 10 of us in a fucking car for 13 days, you know? Yeah.
0: Oh, totally. And that that's just it. Right. It's like, you have to kind of, you know, you have to really sort of, you know, juggle it. Like you have to know where that line is, you know? And I think like, it's really funny. I pulled up another article. This was from the 20 year anniversary of science. They were interviewed by the guardian, uh, in the UK. And, uh, it says, uh, the beginning of this paragraph says new metal turns 20 this year, but the band are keen to distance themselves from any lingering associations. When I hear that term, it makes my palms sweat a bit, says Boyd. We were being embraced by some of the new metal champions of the time and opening for them. And it always made me cringe. And this is, I just want to note, in the same article where they talk about how they are now working with Skrillex. So it just is very funny to me that they're like, oh, new metal, we hated being called new metal. But also we're doing an album with the dubstep loser with the dubstep guy that corn did
1: an album with
0: yeah exactly (laughs) like that's the, the the thing i thought is like
1: so you guys you you came out you went on tour with new metal bands to get out there most of your early fans are new metal people and then you like sort of throw the fucking genre under the bus and then come back later and then are following corn again. You're just following corn
0: over and I, over again. That's all any of us are doing really, you know, that's what the whole music industry has been doing since 94. But I agree. It is interesting too. Cause like exactly what you said, like those are like, I mean, that's how I got into them. I mean, like I said, I found them from family values and I think the point you made is really good because he then follows it up by saying that he didn't like being compared to new metal because new metal was uh, openly misogynistic, and that he said that he he feels like Incubus were sensitive and female friendly, but so much of new metal was openly misogynistic. Boyd says, and that always felt really weird to me. And I agree. Like listening back to some of this new metal, you know, you listen to Limp Biscuit especially for sure, you definitely get that. But like at the same time, I agree with you. It's like you kind of major, you kind of made your money and your fame off of the backs of these bands. Like, I mean, you had one album out and you got on an arena tour with two of the biggest new metal bands on earth and fucking ice cube, like rap legend ice cube. And you're going to sit there and go, Oh, you know, we always kind of hated playing those shows. It's like, yeah, fuck off, man. Like, how do you think like half of us came to this parade and now you're going to be like, he's kind of painting everyone who listens to new metal. as like a woman hater. Yeah. uh,
1: yeah, I I he I mean that that article was one of the most annoying things cuz I I think like if I had to answer that question even if I had the feelings he had I I would think that I'd be smart enough to say like hey we appreciate uh, like cuz it feels like they're taking shots at bands that help them along the way when they say stuff like that. I'm sure they toured with Limp Biscuit. I don't know, but uh, I'm sure they went on the road with them. They went on the road. They like, they went on the road with all these bands and, and, and like they should like acknowledge that they shouldn't be saying like, Oh, we're just so embarrassed by this thing. It's such bullshit. It was all misogynistic. It, it I mean, I guess like, If you're thinking about it, if you're thinking about it later on in life, that's kind of okay. I guess they're 20 years away from the album coming out, but you're right. They also did the album with Skrillex and it like, it just feels like they, they want to have it both ways. They want to be like, they want to be kind of considered 311, but they also want to kind of still be considered in the same place as Korn and Deftone's and probably not Limp Biscuit,
0: but, yeah. but they want to be in that, they want to be in that category, you well, know? Even in the later part of the article, like he says, they say really weird things, like they get asked, like, oh, they're talking about working with Skrillex, and someone says, was this exploration into EDM a step that Incubus ever imagined they'd take? And um, Jose Paseas, the drummer, says, even six weeks ago, I'd have said no. <laughs> and you're like, what you're like okay so six weeks ago you're like fuck edm and then your label's like hey we'll give you x amount of dollars if you work with skrillex And they're like you know what maybe he has some good ideas and then boyd goes i was a little afraid not that skrillex was going to ruin it but that he would turn it into something that i wouldn't be in love with says boyd the singer did after all write an article that compared certain types of dance music to diarrhea But he extended the eyelashes. They were already beautiful eyes, and he just highlighted them. Oh, my God.
1: These fucking kiss asses. Fucking sellouts. They they seem like such pricks. Is that the article that took place in
0: England? Yes, that's the UK. It's still from The Guardian, yeah. So it was just like, again, it just doesn't make any sense. You're like, you're calling the music you're calling EDM diarrhea. And then you're saying like, Oh yeah, we fully wanted to work with this producer knowing that he might quote ruin our music. (laughs) He might turn our music into diarrhea. (laughs) Yeah. But then he actually, the music was beautiful and he made it more beautiful. It's like, Holy fuck. Like how do you not after 20 years, like recognize how you sound, you know, like how your quotes are going to be taken and used. Like, and then he says another, like just terrible, like, Someone goes, uh, you know, what do you, or the the interviewer asks, what do you think your legacy will be? And Brandon Boyd said, it's like trying to describe the backs of your eyeballs. It's right there, but I can't see it. Oh my God. I, I, I know. I, I hate these guys. You know? (laughs) The album. I love the look that producer Dan has had on his face for the last like five minutes. He's like so upset with all these things we're reading. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, it's like the, the albums, this album is good and I'm not going to let them take it away from me, but, but maybe my rating is going to go down slightly because they seem terrible to me. Like it just, they seem like flaky. They seem like, so there's, there's like these hippies, that are also kind of mean you know but, right. but 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 like they don't say it they don't they don't talk about they don't like yell at you they don't tell you to fuck off they're just kind of mean types yeah. of hippies that's what he, they seem like they seem like the kind of busting your balls fucking mean hippies that are into crystals and shit
0: you know he literally says that in the article oh I know
1: I know when I yeah. saw that I was like get yeah. the fuck out of here dude crystals
0: yeah you're Marianne Williamson it it, there it almost like and I know that Brandon Boyd's vegetarian because it came up in in one of those interviews but like they it does seem like it's almost that kind of like that sort of v that vibe that like some vegans have obviously not all vegans and I'm not trying to do a like stand-up comedy vegan thing here but like there are I mean I've been around I live in Vancouver it's a very big vegetarian vegan culture here and um it is that same kind of attitude that some vegetarians and vegans have of the like, they're, they're not going to outright say like you're a piece of shit for eating meat, but like they, but they will make you feel like that. And it feels like incubus is like kind of the same way. It's like, (laughs) we're not, we're never going to be like, Hey, you're a piece of shit, but like, we're going to act and say things that are going to make you feel like we think you're a piece of shit. And we do think you're a piece of shit but we're not going to yeah. come right out and say it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I also just never got the the kind of tension these these some of these people have with interviewers. I guess maybe because I don't have like 45 people asking to interview me all the time. But like I feel like it's kind of like an honor and it's really neat and who would ever want to interview me, you know? And like these guys don't seem that way at all. They seem like let's fucking Let's really bust this interviewer's balls, you know. Let's like really be a pain in the ass at the interview. Let's tell her that science stands for some bullshit, you know. I, I, I hate them. I, I I strongly dislike them. Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat I as you. They... My house, you know, if they came to my house, I'd be like, you know what, incubus, go to the next door neighbor's house. We're not buying what you're selling, buddy. <laughs>
0: I I feel that I feel that way, too. Uh, It's it is a weird. Yeah, it's a weird vibe that they that they have cultivated. And it almost seems like, you know, like you were saying that they almost titled the record science specifically to fuck with interviewers. Like, that's almost how it comes across of like, well, you know, if we put periods in between all the letters and it doesn't really stand for anything, every interviewer is going to ask us what it stands for. And we can just say some bullshit and like fuck around. Yeah. And like, yeah. that'll be so funny, man. Like, that'll be so funny. Like, we'll go, like, I bet that's how they talked about it amongst themselves. Like, Oh, that'll be so funny, man. Like everybody's just going to ask us like what science stands for. And it doesn't stand for anything. And we are just really high on mushrooms, but like, everyone's going to ask us and we can just kind of like make shit up. Like we can just say it means like sailing catamarans is every nautical captain's ecstasy or like whatever, man. Like it'll just be so funny. And like, we'll just fuck with them
1: yeah yeah well we'll put this guy in the fucking album cover and everybody will ask us about him and we'll be like oh he's a he's a sex education teacher <laughs>
0: yeah. isn't that funny no it's no. fucking not be a band make yeah. music okay be men be real people be <laughs> just regular guys just for one, <laughs> can, for one second can you be a regular
1: guy yeah. can you come over here they I think he should have to work at McDonald's for one full year.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They got big too early. They got, they were all 21 when uh, science hit it and they just have known no other life and they need to like, they severely need it. They would have,
1: they need to work at a Midwestern Walmart for one entire year to be allowed to tour or make any more music because I think they're just, so, oh God, he, you know who he reminds me of after reading, you send me these articles, I read them. And then he, he reminds me of Bono, like the same shit I don't like about Bono. Yeah. It's like how Brandon Boyd came off to me. But Incubus is not as big as you 2 They're not the same size of band. He, They don't have the fan they have a large fan base i'm not saying they don't have a pretty big fan base but they do not have the amount of fans that you have to have to be able to pull off being this annoying
0: for sure well and that's the thing right it's like i think when you hear people like bono or like other people like that you're like oh well you're just you're so famous that you deal with the world in a way that like i can't even comprehend So like, it's pretty easy for me to give a guy like Bono or someone else like that a pass to just be like, well, like you, the world you you're like, we're living on the same planet, but you're in a different, you, your life is something I can't even comprehend. So of course you talk like this. And of course you act like this. Like Brandon Boyd can walk down the street and is what one person going to recognize him? Maybe like if he goes out for dinner and he's out at a restaurant for two hours and he walks a a mile each way to the restaurant. Like how many people are going to stop him? One, if that zero to one.
1: He, he, and you know, that's a really good point. Cause he's a guy that I wouldn't recognize. I wouldn't recognize him if I saw him on the street. Yeah. The, the,
0: he would, especially in I, California. I, he looks like every guy from California, I feel right. Like. And I think these
1: guys, uh, there is a thing that you can do to yourself if you're a touring act, you know, where like uh, if you hang around like you know, I go stand outside of the venue and smoke. Until the show. And I'll I'll like talk to listeners and stuff like that. I might go eat somewhere like a couple buildings down or something where you can really convince yourself, like, god damn, you know, a lot of people listen to this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, just because every person that likes your show in a city is there.
0: <laughs> well, I think it's like you know, I always find like stand-up comedy is very humbling in that way, like when you do it at the level I do it, where It's like, you know, I'm not even remotely famous, but like I've had a decent amount of success, but you, you know, you'll like, you'll pardon me. You'll headline a show. You'll have a great show. You'll do really well. The audience loved it. They were laughing. And then you'll like stand in the lobby to sell your own merch or whatever. And like 90% of the people like desperately try to avoid even looking at you. Like, it's like you're homeless, like, I just, you just paid to watch me entertain you for an hour. And now you're like, Oh, but I don't, I don't want to meet you. I don't even want to look at you. Like, don't, oh. you know, and it's, it's very humbling. And <laughs> then you go like, Oh, okay. You're just, it's not, you're not, you're nobody. You're a nothing I, I'm your waiter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's a totally different thing than like, um, you know, like I opened for, uh, Nate Bargatze a couple times, um, last year, When he was here and he had to cancel originally. So he was supposed to be here as part of the festival and he got sick. So he came back like two months later. And then he said to the audience, he's like, I feel really bad that I had to cancel the, the sick, the show that I was sick. So, um, I'll do a meet and greet after the show. He's like, I don't normally do meet and greets after my shows, but like, I feel really bad that I had to cancel before. So if you want to come take a picture, like whatever, no problem. And it was like, everybody who was at the show wanted to meet him and like take a picture with him and so like you know and you're like oh okay this is what you can be this is what it's like to, to have this <laughs> it is
1: really weird it is it is like a really strange thing though cuz i saw bill burr at the at the funny bone in columbus like 10 12 years ago or something and um he walked out and stood outside. He did basically what I do. I walk and stand outside in front of the place. And if there's anybody wants to talk to me or if they want to get a picture, if they want to tell me some story, then. They, that's when they get the opportunity to do it, and I usually like try to meet everybody that wanted to talk to me by the end and he I think he was doing that same exact thing after this show and uh I walked out and I probably got like two feet away from him and fucking got nervous and just left. <laughs> <laughs> didn't talk to him at all and uh didn't i didn't want to like i think i was gonna ask for an autograph or something it was very weird it it was something i wouldn't do now but i was just terrified to talk to him and i think i i think about that a lot now because it's like you know what he he wanted to talk to people
0: you know like yeah if he didn't want to talk to people he would have stayed in the club until everybody left and then he would have left like i've been in lots of comedy clubs there's always a side door that you can get out of if you don't want to speak to people
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's I, i i it's it's incredible man uh I get so nervous around. I, I used to get so nervous. I'm a little better now. Uh, didn't have a panic attack before I met Pat Oswald. So I felt like that was pretty good. And like, uh, but there was a time where I was just afraid and I am sure that's what's happening when you perform and you go out and they don't want to talk to you. There's right. probably 50% of the people are just like, I don't want to bother him because I don't know why they would think that you would go stand where all the fans are going to be walking. If, if it were like, how much of a prick would you have to be? I'm
0: going to go stand out there, but don't fucking talk to me. If you (laughs) talk to me, I'm going to lose my shit, but I am going to be right where you're walking out.
1: <laughs> I'm not talking to people tonight. Thank you.
0: If you want to look <laughs> yeah. at me,
1: please only three seconds at a time, and then walk away. Thank you. Oh man, it's so true. Uh, okay, let's green get green room. Everybody I've ever toured with, they spend a lot of time in the fucking green room. Brett spends a lot of time in the green room. I just can't be. I'm like a caged animal, and I can't be inside. That's right.
0: why I stand outside. And and there's no problem with that. That's nice. I'm sure people love the chance to talk to you. And I think you know, like you've talked about it before. So I think people know that like, okay, Brian's going to be standing out front and he wants to have a chat and that's great. You know, like, I think that makes a big difference. Um, okay, let's get to our tweet defense. We've talked enough about the album. So this is our, if this is your first time listening to the show, this is our album review score. Uh, so what it is, is it's basically, if someone were to tweet at you, uh, you know, hey, I heard your opinion about Incubus science, and I think it's wrong. And you suck, and and that opinion sucks. How many tweets would you engage with them in to defend the album, Brian? What is your your score for this? What you called a Brian's perfecto,
1: a Brian's perfecto. But the problem is, the guys that made it are fucking jackoffs. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to give it a ten. Okay. Hey, that's pretty big. Give fucking thing a ten. Cause I know I gave corn like fifteen or something like yes, that. Is, yeah. And I'm I'm gonna give this a ten. But but three of those tens are me talking about how they're assholes you know (laughs) so i'm gonna call it a gentleman's 10 but it's a seven
0: gentleman's 10 yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's like because someone will be like yeah you'll be arguing about it for like four tweets and then the person will be like yeah but did you read this interview with brandon boyd and then you'd be like listen okay i know like he takes his shirt off a lot he's got a lot of bad opinions (laughs) i like that a gentleman's 10 that sounds like a strip club oh yeah it does (laughs) it's a seven where are you guys going tonight we will probably drop by we're going to go to the bar and then we're going to go to the gentleman's 10
1: yeah it's a seven but (laughs) but the people are so repellent that you have to give it i mean the album's so good you want to give it a 10 but the people are so repellent you want to give them a seven i err on the side of 10 and for
0: ink to sign gentlemen. Nice. Um, I will go, I'm just gonna, I'm not a gentleman. Uh, I'm unlike you. Uh, I'm just going to give it a seven. I think that's a fair number of tweets. Cause I think there are like enough really good songs on here that I would start like citing the songs. I think being like, Oh, but you have to really respect like this song is really good. And this song is really cool. Um, And then I also would probably have like one or two tweets where um, I say that I hate them. Plus I always like to tell the story of them being the first band I ever saw. So that would probably be in there too. Like, so yeah, I would say for me it's a uh, it's just a solid a working man's 7. <laughs> yeah, you, so hey, but that's a
1: high fucking score for you because you've gave every album a
0: 1 basically. Oh, that's okay. That's not you, <laughs> That's not true. Okay, you know, I think I gave you know. Deftones like at least 10, Corn was at least 10, Limp Biscuit was at least 10, I think. Down was at least 3. Yeah, exactly. So 7 is like I do like this album. Um, again, it it is, it's like we've said, uh, you know, and I think you said it best, like it's a weird album in that it's really good. And I feel like it doesn't have a lot of flaws, but it's not one that ever comes to my mind when I'm thinking about like best albums or my favorite albums. And it's not even my favorite album by Incubus. So it just exists in this weird space where I'm like, oh, this is a great album, especially for like a major label debut it's really well realized, it's well produced, it holds up really well, but at the same time it's never something that I'm like, oh fuck, I really want to listen to science today, you know?
1: If, if someone asks you your top five new metal albums, this probably wouldn't make it, you don't think? No. Not even after today, I mean, because that's what I'm thinking about, I'm just like, I probably wouldn't either, I think it might be a six, seven, I, it's in a top ten, okay? I yeah. will. It might not be in the top five and, but it's a six or a seven or something like that. And like it moved, I I think the listen through for this podcast moved it up significantly.
0: Yeah. I think it, uh, I agree. Like it definitely holds up in a way that I wasn't expecting. Like when you suggested it last week, I was like, Oh cool. I like that album. And I knew I wasn't going to have like pain listening to it. Like I did with POD But like it held up in a way it was almost like the opposite of system of a down. Like I think when system of a down got chosen, I was like, Oh, that's an album I loved. I'm like excited to revisit it. And then I listened to it and I was like, Oh, this kind of doesn't hold up in a way that I was expecting. And incubus was kind of the opposite where like, I had the same feeling going in like, Oh, this is an album. I really used to like, I don't listen to it a ton anymore. I bet it probably doesn't hold up that well. And then I listened to it. and I was like, Holy shit. It actually holds up really well. So, um, yeah, it was fun. It was kind of interesting to, to see that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, hey, go ahead.
0: Oh, is it time? Is it's it time for the challenge? Yeah. So we yeah. are, uh, this is a, this is a big challenge. So last month, uh, our challenge was to, uh, to, to re- recite the initials of POD or restate them. So we knew that POD stood for payable on death, but we thought that that was a dumb name and we wanted them to stand for something else. Um, I won that challenge quite handily. I might add the poll was very tipped in my favor. So I am now up four to three, uh, in the challenges. And so we, I thought Brian, it would be only fair if I give you a chance to redeem yourself and to do another initials based challenge. And we've obviously talked a lot about the science initials over the course of this podcast. So the challenge this month is to redo the science initials, uh, in any way that you want so what do you have for us
1: all right here it comes baby okay. this is it this is my big win okay right. i'm excited some crude idiots enjoying nice craps eternally
0: <laughs> enjoying nice craps
1: yeah, i'm just enjoying a nice crap <laughs> okay taking a big fucking nice crap in the
0: toilet yeah eternally eternally. yeah you're yeah like that's probably like definitely brandon boyd has had some trip well obviously we know he talks about like pissing his pants in the calgon song so it was obviously like something that was on his mind mushrooms make you every time
1: i take mushrooms i got a shit i was like at a ween concert once and like spent most of the time freaking out cuz i thought i was going to have to shit at a concert cuz i was on mushrooms <laughs> and they played la woman by the doors and i fucking lost my mind
0: <laughs> that uh i mean it's a that's a beautiful story <laughs> it had it had everything you wanted it had a we-
1: I'll th- and when I think about it now, too, like uh, last Saturday, I was was like, I'm gonna micro dose, but I accidentally uh, probably didn't. It wasn't micro the you dose. Ma- you macro dose. I didn't <laughs> macro dose. I didn't go nuts, but like I just finished like what I thought was just the corner of a bag, you know. Right. But in retrospect, it was like a lot. That I was taking, and it was gonna definitely get me. And I, I tripped so fucking hard for about two hours. And the, I, I was on. Um, we were about to go to Brett's house. I made my wife turn around and go home. And I, I, I took a huge crap and then laid down on my face, face down on my bed, and played a wrestling podcast until I could convince myself that I was in reality again. Oh. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I love <laughs> that. If, initial, uh, see, if your initial isn't about taking a nice crap, it's
0: not. So I got one. You might have it. Yeah. So I had a lot of success last month with renaming POD for like what their band should have been called. Um, and so this is, again, I, I went in the, a similar vein. So this is like if I was to retitle science, this is what I think science is about. Uh, stupid Californians inciting enthusiastic nerds to care for existentialism.
1: Oh, my God. You might win this one. You, <laughs> I, I think you did it right. I did it wrong, I think.
0: Oh, but, I mean, nice, but I got to compete with nice craps eternally. I so. Know. it's it's gonna be a tough poll this month i think um (laughs) speaking speaking of polls uh as uh you know fans of the show know at the end of uh every episode we decide which album we're going to listen to next and just before we get to that uh we do thank you for listening if you want to donate to the show you can do so at patreon.com slash the Podcast, and that's cast with a k like corn um and that's corn the band not corn the food uh p-o-d-k-a-s-t And uh, last month we had an amazing bonus episode. We had Nick Weiger from the Doughboys and how did this get played? Uh, He came on and he watched who then now with us. Uh, And we learned after recording that he was super hammered while he was recording, but neither of us really noticed. It seemed like he was just regular Weiger, but Uh, It was fantastic and uh, we're doing one bonus episode a month. So it's only $4 a month to join uh, support the show. And uh, it's uh, we got a couple, we already have our next two bonus episodes planned out and they're both going to be fantastic with some fantastic guests. Uh, So make sure to, uh, to follow along. You can also follow us on Twitter at the POD underscore cast. And that is again, cast with a K. Uh, So Last month, uh, Brian, uh, you know, you, you always consider this winning. I mean, I don't know if it's winning or not, but every, every month, both of us put up two albums uh, and then we allow the listeners to vote on which of the four albums they want us to review. Uh, so, Brian, which two albums are you, uh, are you putting up for vote this month?
1: This is exciting for me because yeah. I, John, I admire you.
0: Okay. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate that. I admire you too.
1: And for the past few months, you've been trying to make me miserable by picking albums, picking like one bad album that, you know, I'm going to hate. Right. Yeah. So this month I'm going to pick one bad, one good. Okay. okay? Okay. And the bad one is actually good too. I'm just going to say that right now, but I know it'll drive you fucking crazy.
0: Okay.
1: So the first one I'm picking is what I would consider to be the good album, the the fun one that we would listen to and have a good time. Soulfly self-titled album. Their yeah. first album, Soulfly. Yeah.
0: That's okay. Cool. That's an album too that I never really got into. So like obviously I know Soulfly, I know Sepultura, I know all about Max and everything, but I just uh yeah, Soulfly for whatever reason I never got into it. So I would be excited to to dive into that. So that's, that's good. good, okay? One. Yeah.
1: So number 2, uh is the other album i'm picking it is called come clean by the band puddle of mud
0: oh, no. <laughs> puddle of mud is not new metal i don't think but they are okay. you can fucking wait a minute wait a minute because i have another yeah they're listed oh, that's younger. fine no no it's fine I, i'm fine with it i just uh puddle of mud oh boy Wes or boy Wes. I have another one that's definitely new no, no, metal. that's fine. That's fine. That's good. All right. <laughs> those, those two are good for me. Um, okay. So last month, or I think, no, sorry, on Twitter, you said that I had put an album up three times and I was going to have to retire it, but that was false. I've only put it up twice. So I am putting it up for a third time because I do want to talk about my favorite Canadian women of new metal, and that is Kitty. So I promise this will be the last time I put it up at least for a while if it doesn't get voted on but there has been a lot of strong positive kitty sentiment in the in the replies when we tweeted and I think I do think this month you know the last couple months kitty's been up against tough competition POD our podcast is named after them incubus people know and love this month I think the choices are maybe weak enough that kitty could get through so that's my first choice kitty spit and then uh, in the same vein as you, I have also chosen a bad album that is, I think you said yours was good and I kind of feel the same way about this one, even though it's definitely bad, just like Puddle of Mud is bad. Uh, and I am going to put up uh, disturbed Debut album, The Sickness. Oh shit!
1: Yeah, these there's a couple of heavy hitters, meaning Puddle of Mud and disturb.
0: <laughs> yeah, some major label heavy hitters. So, so those will be the four that we usually put up the poll towards the end of the month. So again, if you don't follow us on Twitter, you won't see it. You won't be able to vote in the poll, and your votes count for more if you are a donor to the podcast. So keep that in mind too. I want, I want to make a promise,
1: real quick. Yes. That if John tries to put Kitty up next month, I I'm. I'll put life is peachy in the poll.
0: I won't, I won't put it up again. I promise it's three (laughs) months. We've decided three months is kind of our unwritten limit. So
1: yeah, I like an unwritten limit too, because like I want to do candy ass again at some, you
0: just have to give it some time. I think that that's totally fair. And I agree. Like we're definitely going to do candy ass at some point, but I can also understand why people don't want to hear that for like the sixth episode. They want bigger, pardon me, bigger bands. I totally get that. So They're going to pick Puddle of Mud. I I don't know. We'll see. I I mean, I I, I remember liking Blurry when it came out. I remember thinking that was like a pretty good song. So I guess like Kitty is pretty. uh,
1: I mean, Kitty could win this one. People really do like them. Yeah. Uh, I just I I feel like they they let us do something
0: fun this month and they want to they want to not. Let us do something fun next month. Super possible. Super possible. So those will be the four choices. Soul fly, puddle of mud, disturbed, and kitty. Uh the poll will go up sometime at the end of the month at the pod underscore cast or the K on Twitter. Uh, I've been John and I've been here with Brian. Thank you guys again for joining us on this new metal journey every month where we review a classic new metal album. We'll see you back here next month and uh, well, we'll see you back here sooner than that if you're a donor because uh, our bonus episode this month is going to be fantastic. So stay tuned for that one and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye.